What's going on, everybody? This is Dr. Brent Pritt with Science of Falling, and this is going to be episode four of the Science of Falling podcast. Today, I have an awesome guest coming on the podcast. It is Liz, my former PT classmate. She is absolutely awesome, but recently she hurt herself in a falling accident, and we got to talking about how to, how this happened, You know how uh, some strategies might have prevented it, but also how sometimes it's hard to stop yourself when you have a natural reaction. So I'm gonna throw it off to Liz and have her introduce herself to you and we'll get into this conversation. Hey everybody, as Brent said, my name's Liz Michaud. I graduated with Brent this past May um, at the University of New England in Maine. And since then I moved to Ohio and I got licensed and now I'm working at two um, inpatient rehab facilities, one skilled nursing and one in a hospital. so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now, except right now I'm not working because of my injury. <laughs> so yeah, tell us, tell us about that injury. Um, obviously you went from being, you know, licensed PT working and then all of a sudden you hurt yourself and now you can't work. So, you know, what happened to you? Yeah, so I was, this happened on January 24th um, and it was very icy, a lot of black ice. And my boyfriend and I were out walking our dog at night it was pitch black. There was a streetlight, so I could see. And I knew that the ground was icy. Um, and I was just kind of having fun, you know, skating along in my sneakers on the sidewalk. And then all of a sudden, my left foot went out from under me. And I just instantly reacted by stepping back with my right foot. And I could just feel my whole foot turn outwards. Um, so it was an externally rotated and everted position. Um, and like all of my weight went back on that foot in like the split second and I just felt a pop. And I was like, oh no, that oh might be good. <laughs> oh my gosh. But the weird thing is I remember feeling or thinking clearly like as I had reached back with my foot, I was like, I know better. I should not try to stop myself. I should just kind of go with the flow, maybe try to break out one of those roles that I saw <laughs> Brent teaching online. <laughs> And I've also hurt myself in the past by falling. I broke my back in high school. So I think that was also kind of why I was like, no, I don't want to fall on my butt and break my back again, even though I know that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of, I I just, it was so funny. I remember thinking, Liz, why are you doing this? This is so stupid. And then I fell and then I was like, Mike, call 911. He was like, oh no. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's, I think that's a, such an important thing. Cause I mean, you're a PT, you know, exactly, you know, you shouldn't be trying to save yourself, especially in that situation, right? Falling on ice, you have almost no control. And then you've also, I've, you've also been a supporter of what I'm doing here. So I appreciate that. But so you kind of seen what I've been doing, but you know, despite all that, your instincts took over, right? They and, sure did, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of thing, you know, sometimes our instincts are wrong. And I, you know, that's when you actually messaged me on, I think we messaged on LinkedIn first. Mm-hmm. And you said, Hey, this happened to me. You know, what do you, what do you think about instincts? And you're saying, you know, I love what you're teaching, but um, you know, not everybody's going to be doing these roles every single day and getting super good at it and making it, you know, second nature. Um, so we kind of both agreed that, you know, as much as what I'm teaching is or trying to teach is, useful it's not necessarily always practical correct is that kind of what you were thinking when you messaged me originally yep because i mean instinct is so hard to overcome like if you think about even just something completely unrelated like training a dog like my boyfriend and i just got a, a new dog and we've been every time we go on a walk she tries to chase after the squirrels and we're 
like, do we try to tell her no to go against her instinct completely or just kind of let her do it or try to distract her and move on? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of similar with like falling. Like our first instinct is to try to stop ourselves so that we don't get hurt. But I know, I mean, we know that a lot of the research shows that when you try to stop yourself, that's actually when you are more likely to get hurt because you're not as relaxed and you're not allowing your body to kind of disperse the forces over a more generalized area instead of just taking all of the force like in your ankle or your arms Mm and something like that. And you happen to take all of it in your ankle. Which I is sure did. Yep. Terrible. And then, you know, whenever I think about, you know, you kind of like you want to just go with the flow and disperse mm-hmm. the force. For some reason in my brain, I always get this picture of a tornado and this giant cow swirling in the tornado and then hits somebody and knocks them out. And then they fall to the ground and they're fine. Um, but then you have the person that doesn't get knocked out in a tornado if they get swept up and they hit the ground and then they have a bunch of broken bones. Mm-hmm. Um, as much, I don't know how much of that is in reality and me just watching movies too much. Um, I mean, maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> You know, the giant swirling cow, I think is more movie-esque, but Probably. you know, it's kind of the same idea though. There is, there has been incidences where people get swept up in these tornadoes. They might not go 300 feet up in the air, but you know, they get swept up a little bit. And if they get knocked out, they're less likely to get hurt because they're kind of loose and Gumby-like and they're allowed to mm-hmm. kind of disperse that force and not try to stop it. Right. Um, whereas if your joints are stiff, the force has to go somewhere, right? Which right. is kind of what you did when you step backwards and kind of yeah. used your ankle to stop yourself. Yep. So tell us about your, uh, your journey from breaking it, you know, your ankle to now, where are you at? You know, how are you doing? I broke it on January 25th, um, went to the ER, they put me in a splint and then I got surgery on February 1st. So they put a plate on my fibula cause that's the bone that I broke and with six screws to kind of stabilize the fracture. And then they also put the tightrope across to stabilize the syndesmosis so that my tibia and fibula weren't separating every time I put my foot down. Um, So now I am still in a boot, still have crutches. I'm about three and a half to four weeks post-op and I'm up to 50% weight bearing. Um, And I can do active range of motion with my foot out of the boot frequently throughout the day. But that's kind of where I am right now. And I'll hopefully be starting outpatient PT in two weeks for strength and balance training. Awesome. So, yeah, we kind of talked about that before we started the podcast that you're doing your own rehab right now because you have mm-hmm. the knowledge. Right. Um, how do you think going as a, as a healthcare provider, going to another person in the same profession, how do you think that's going to help you out? What are the things you, you're kind of looking for from them? Um, in terms of knowledge base that you're kind of might be lacking a little bit, you know, what is your thoughts on that? So I'm kind of, I don't know, a little, like I'm excited to go receive outpatient PT because I mean, this is the profession that I love. Um, and I always enjoy hanging out with other PTs. Um, I'm also a little bit apprehensive because I'm like, well, I am a PT. So do I really need to go get PT from another PT or can I just do it myself? Um, but I think, I I mean, I'm excited. Um, I definitely don't have the equipment that I would need at home as compared to what I can have in a PT gym. Mm -hmm. Um, so like that is definitely going to be very beneficial. Um, and I'll have someone there to guard me during balance training so that I can really focus more on improving my balance and proprioception as opposed to just, you know, using my couch as like a backdrop in case I do fall down. <laughs> hey, couches um, are great, all right? Yeah. Don't hate on the couches. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
I think that it, I mean, I'm also a new grad technically still, cause I haven't really worked a whole lot since graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also an inpatient PT. So I haven't really been like keeping up with my outpatient skills. Um, so I think that that will also be helpful to have someone who is probably more experienced than I am in outpatient PT specifically, or I guess I should say orthopedics specifically. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. That was kind of, that was my biggest question. You know, do you feel like even as being a new grad and you have, you're technically, as some people would say, globally most knowledgeable, you'll be your entire career because you won't be pigeonholed into one career mm-hmm. um, kind of avenue. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's something some PTs need to kind of realize, like, hey, just stay in your lane. If you don't do outpatient right. stuff, go talk to an outpatient PT. Like there's no shame in it. Yeah, um, it's all the same profession. The settings are very different. Very much so. Very much so. So tell me, uh, let's get into the, the the falling aspect. So, I mean, you you felt your instinct take over and I would assume, well, tell me about your first fall where you broke your back. So that was more of a uh, drawn out process. I think that I had been having pain for like the entire summer during, so I was playing soccer at the time in high school. I was 15 um, and I'd been having pain all summer and then at the very end of the summer during preseason, when we were getting ready to go into the varsity season, I was warming up for a game and I stepped on the ball and slipped and fell in a sitting position on top of the ball, mm. felt a pop on my back. And then like an idiot, I kept playing. Uh, <laughs> and then, Classic, classic. Right, yeah. You know, typical high schooler. You gotta play, right? You can't, who cares exactly. better? Get me in the game. Yeah, we'll play no game. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, then I went through nine months of PT and no soccer. So that was fun. Mm. Uh, okay. So yeah, I forget what your question was. <laughs> no, no, was just, I, my, my question was kind of like, how did it happen? You know, was it an yeah. instinctual thing or was it just, it was, that was kind of just an accident. I mean, you were playing yeah. a game and went down. And it had definitely been like weekend before that point. That was kind of just like the straw that broke the camel's back. Oh, so you had a little bit previous kind of yep. pain back down there? Yep. Ah, okay. What did you break? Um, L two, three, four. I had spondylolysis. Oh my gosh. How are you doing with that now? Oh, it's fine. Um, I mean, it gets achy if I'm standing for too long, you're sitting for too long, but I mean, that's one of the reasons I went into PT so that I'm not doing that. <laughs> Fair enough. And then we go to school and we sit down all freaking exactly. day long and we're right. told how bad sitting is for you. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> So, you know, let's talk about kind of the almost the original reason you, you messaged me. So we have this instinct in us and instinct, you know, by just natural, you know, biology and evolution, we use this instinct to keep us safe 90% of the time. But in cases of, you know, falling on the ice, it's actually fairly unpredictable. And because the surface is different, you know, reaching out has a different effect when you're slipping versus being on solid ground and whatnot. So what, what were your thoughts on, you know, as you were falling, you kind of said, Oh, I know I shouldn't be doing this. What do you think you, you, sh- you should have done in that situation? If you can go back and you look at it from the outside and kind of could direct yourself, um, what would you have done differently? And what do you think, um, you know, other people should think about in that situation? So if I had had more control then I probably would have just, let my left foot keep going and bring my right foot forward too, and kind of transition into a slide and a roll towards the left. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the road was kind of close, but there were no cars and there's grass in between the sidewalk and the road. So I, I had plenty of space. So yeah, that's probably the first thing that I would have done. Um, and I wish I had done that. But 
here I am. Hindsight's <laughs> twenty twenty, right? Right. So, I mean, we were talking about, you know, how do we turn the instincts off? And I know we we originally talked that as good as the falling stuff is, if we don't practice it and make it second nature, which is kind of my my big thing is that we need to practice this stuff, whether or not we think it's important when we need it, we need it. Um, and we need it to be second nature. But for you, you, you know, it wasn't second nature. You don't practice falling on the daily. You're not a, a weirdo like I am. Um, just being honest. But, uh, you know, how do you think people can, and we're totally speculating here, but how do you think people can turn off that instinct or at least slow, slow down for about you know, a millisecond and kind of be like, all right, I need to put my foot somewhere else. Do you think that's even possible? Or do you think in those situations, it's, it's, you're on autopilot and there is no choice? I think it's a, a little bit of both. Um, Cause I remember clearly thinking like, it felt like it was happening in slow motion when I was thinking that like, I shouldn't be doing this. I should not have brought my foot back. Um, so I think that since it did feel kind of like slow motion, that it is possible to try mm -hmm. to, to kind of overcome the instinct. I'm not entirely sure how to do that because it's so hardwired in our body to just do whatever we can to try to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. But I think that, I mean, your whole mentality and process of, you know, the science of falling, everything that you've been doing, I think that that's re a really great start to first start educating people about why this is important and why they should care. Uh, because if people don't necessarily understand that, then they're not even going to try to start overcoming their instinct in the first place. Oh, for sure. Uh, and then moving on from there, I know we were talking about just practicing falling and trying to habituate ourselves to not react or not let our instinct control us to try to take more control ourselves Mm -hmm. So that if we can kind of reduce our just instant panic response and try to promote a more calm response that we can kind of control ourselves, then that would be, I, I mean, I'm not an expert here, but I would say that's probably a good place to start. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, we were talking about the, well, I, so I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if any of the listeners have seen it, but my video on uh, stepping reactions and mm -hmm. so it's kind of kind of actually what you used, but I think there's a there's a different part of it. Um, I want to you know play into so stepping reaction is whenever you're falling over you and you're outside your base of support, you have physically have to step in the direction you're falling to stop yourself. On ice, it doesn't really work because you're just going to have a secondary slip. Mm -hmm. But with these patients that I do it with, I kind of build them up from doing um, you know just basic lunges in every direction, so very controlled. Then I do kind of. Uh, what I call, you know, basis support leans are kind of cone of stability leans. So they stay in their, their base support in their feet, if their feet are right next to each other and they kind of slowly lean side to side. And then what I get into, and this is the part I'm thinking about here is that I physically start dropping these people. They lean into my hands. I drop mm -hmm. them. Um, mm -hmm. and then they have to react and catch themselves or I have to catch them. Um, right. unless I want to be sued for dropping a patient, but, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so far I haven't dropped anybody. Um, but no, the, the, the big thing here is that, um, there, I have multiple levels. They, they drop themselves and they, I tell them when I'm gonna drop them. And then the last level of this is I don't tell them when I'm gonna drop them. I physically hold their weight in my hands. And the minute I drop them, they just have to figure it out. And yeah. so oftentimes when I do this last step, people get scared shitless. They, mm -hmm. they, they have a visceral feeling of I'm going to die. I'm going to fall. I'm going to break a hip, whatever it is, especially yeah. depending on their, their personal fears. 
And I was thinking, and we talked about this, that I think that would be kind of a exercise to habituate this fear of falling and almost make it so the brain doesn't go on autopilot. They have a split second to think Um, because once you get used to that, that sensation of, oh my gosh, I'm falling, you get used to it. And I think you have a lot more time to think about your options. So I think that would be interesting, but like you were saying in your setting, that's not necessarily always uh, appropriate. Right. Correct. Yep. Because an inpatient, so I'm in a hospital and in a skilled nursing facility or also called a nursing home. Most of my patients are 60 or above. Um, I get the occasional patient that's in their mid 40s or something. But I mean, and and the other thing is a lot of my patients have more medical necessity than a typical patient in outpatient PT. So they have um, something else that's going on that's not just the injury. And that's kind of the main reason that they're in that setting to begin with. So... I know that like insurance companies would probably frown upon me dropping my patients. Um, <laughs> 100%. Right. <laughs> this person's here because they're hurt. Don't drop them. It's just right. the way it goes. <laughs> exactly. And especially because like in inpatient settings, we are trying to minimize falls. So yes. I mean, if I'm going around dropping all my patients, I don't know if that would technically count as them falling. Even if, if, you, they word it, if you word it right on the paperwork, True. it does. Yeah. It depends how you word it. <laughs> well, what are you guys doing for, what are you doing for uh, balance training, fall prevention? Um, what's your kind of program you got going there? It's a kind of wild west and do whatever seems right. So at the nursing home, we don't really have like a set program or really a whole lot of equipment because the gym is so small a lot of the treatments end up happening in the patient's rooms. Mm-hmm. So that is a little bit more just like, okay, what do I have available in the room that I can use? Or what can I bring from the gym to their room? I'm a little bit more limited in the nursing home, but in the inpatient rehab hospital that I, I mean, I had only treated one patient before I injured myself. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, and during yep. COVID too, it's like yep. jobs are gold, right? And right. oh my yep. gosh. Yep. Um, so, but I mean, the inpatient rehab hospital is brand new. It's beautiful. I love it. I love all the people there and they have a ton of equipment, a massive gym. I think it's like 2,600 square feet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, so we have a biodex balance system so that we can work on like limits of stability. Um, we can't really work on stepping strategies because you'd step right off the machine and then, you know, <laughs> Hey, that's an aggressive fall, right? You're straining. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, like an eight, to 12 inch drop <laughs> survivable i think yeah, right sure. a couple of broken I mean, bones you're fine exactly. you're solid. Yeah. no big deal um <laughs> it's a learning lesson and we also have oh gosh a bits system uh i have no idea what the bits actually stand i've for, heard of it i've never yeah yeah I don't, I don't know much about it but um uh, i'm still learning so, about all this crazy stuff out in the world right, right now too so so it's basically like a massive TV screen and you do all these different programs to, I mean, from a PT's pr- perspective, I would mostly be working on scanning. So like practicing scanning the environment so that mm-hmm. if there's something like on the ground in front of you or like a tree branch hanging out in front of you, then you are able to scan the environment and see that obstacle and avoid it so that you don't trip or hit your head or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of the thing with... Uh black ice right you said there's a bunch of black ice everywhere you can't yep. see it right until you like ride on it and it's mostly going to be you're going to be feeling it more than anything right um so 
how are you, how do you get around that? You know what I mean? Like, like what's your strategy for walking on ice when you're not uh, feeling like you're, you know, four-time Olympic gold medal medalist ice skating around the sidewalk? Yeah. What do you, uh, yeah. what do you do? If I was smart, I would have just stepped off of the sidewalk and walked onto the grass like my boyfriend was doing. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. That's solid. What if there, what if you can it, avoid ice, then definitely avoid it by all means. Avoid yeah. it. Right. So, right. so I guess my question is, you know, like I, when I was in living in Maine, um, obviously grass is the number one. I went for grass anytime I could because I am, I've fallen on ice a few times. Penguin walking. Is that still, is that kind of a strategy you use sometimes? I mean, does that make sense to you or is that something you've never done? Um, You've never tried tried it? it. No. Oh, wow. Okay. How it could potentially work because you're basically widening your base of support and kind of rotating your feet outwards. That's kind of how I'm interpreting it. Oh, right? no, it's not exact. Not oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I like the idea, though. I, I mean, I see it. That's kind of a little thing. Yep, so exactly. it's kind of like uh, instead of taking full strides, you mm-hmm. take your walks and you do these small little walks. So it's almost like you're shuffling a little That's bit. That's what I was doing. Um. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so you had these strategies didn't even work for you at all. Huh? No, okay. not quite. <laughs> so you just needed some spikes on your shoes, is what you're telling me. And I, I have crampons. So no way. Know. Okay. So you, against all odds, yep. you got taken down. So you're okay. All right. I wasn't, Man. I didn't have the crampons on, but I do have them in my. Oh, see, so you lied yeah. to me there for a second. I thought you had these crampons no. on, you were no, 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 no. shuffling walking. You're like, you had, you had ice, like, you know, you were just set up and then you fell. Yeah. But okay, so you have them, you just don't use them. Right. Unless oh. it's like, unless I'm hiking in the winter. That's fair. That's fair. I think that's kind of the curse of being um, on the East Coast and kind of, or in the Midwest, wherever you, where you get a lot of snow, you almost become a. Uh, immune to it you think you're like uh, a pro at everything exactly. so like a bunch of mainers mm-hmm. never use snow tires and i can't get around at all with enough to have snow tires on yeah like i grew up in upstate new york um in oswego so it's like a little bit north of syracuse mm-hmm. uh, right off of lake ontario so i am very used to ice and tons of snow and i was also born in maine and we always go back there every christmas to visit my family so and obviously i spent three years in maine for school yep Um, So again, I'm very used to this sort of environment. And then when I came to Ohio, specifically Columbus, where it's more inland and not as much snow. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I can handle this. This, (laughs) Like, this is easy. Piece of cake. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Ohio had other plans for you, apparently. Apparently. It was not a fan of you being there. Well, yeah, definitely put me in my place. (laughs) Yes, for sure. So I guess, I mean, even if you have strategies, falls are going to happen. And I guess right. that's that's always been my kind of mantras. You know, the, you think about a guy, a person on a motorcycle, right? You talk to anybody who rides motorcycles, they will almost always tell you, I'm going to go down someday. It just, it's mm-hmm. not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when. Um, and I think, you know, the, the vehicle we drive every day is our human body. And the fact of if you can go, you know, 90, 100 years without ever falling to the ground, Mm-hmm. Um, you might be a god because that doesn't happen, right? Ever. <laughs> um, so I guess as I add, that's a that's a premise for science to fall. Like, no, you're gonna fall and just accept right. it and learn how to do it. And I guess that is it's something I'm still trying to figure out after kind of talking to you about. It. It's like, how do you take the instinct out of it right. without having someone have to do you know like 30 hours uh, in a year or something of trying to learn this these fall techniques? How do you kind of uh, short circuit that instinctual? idea and you know just do something else obviously one thing is to just play it safe and walk on the grass with your boyfriend right. mm-hmm. you yep. know um but 
we we think we think we're invincible half the time, right? You know, right. it's in, in the moment you're like nothing's gonna happen. We're fine. It's just the, you know, right now is forever, right? It just nothing's gonna happen to me. So in your situation, I mean, you did you didn't bust your skull open, right? You didn't, right. you know, just absolutely thrash your shoulder. You did thrash your ankle. So I don't know if there's a there's a one to one ratio there. It's kind of. I mean, that was the only thing that I hurt. So I mean, I must have after I felt my ankle pop and it's like, Oh shoot, that's not good. I don't remember what happened immediately after that. I just remember like, I guess for lack of a better term, waking up, I didn't hit my head or lose consciousness or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, The next thing I remember is lying on my left side. So I'm, and like nothing else hurt. I don't have any bruises or scrapes or didn't at the time, like on my um, hand. And wrist, whatever. So I must have rolled after the fact. <laughs> well, you know, there it is, right? And that's, I guess, I guess at the, you, you know, you you minimize injury. I mean, I I wish right. there was a video of this fall, like some security camera on the corner of a store or something. <laughs> yeah. So we we sit here and like analyze it. At the end of the day, I feel like you did what you had to do in the situation, right? You know, I can't sit here and be like, oh, you rolled or you didn't do it correctly. Yeah. Um, it was just an interesting story you told me, and I thought I hear have you kind of tell it on the podcast. Absolutely. Um, but I feel like, I feel like, you know, considering what you, what you, the kind of story you're saying, maybe you did exactly what you should have done. Cause you know, if you, if you were not to have stepped back or sideways, you could have fell and hit your head or something, you know, there's always the, there's always a chance for more injury. Right. Um, do you think that could have, could have been a possibility in that situation or you think it was just. Probably. And I think that's probably one of the things that I was trying to prevent um, because I do also have a history of concussions. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't want to hurt my back and I don't want to hurt my head. So I guess I'll just step back. <laughs> and then, <laughs> well, there you go. Now you got, you got to protect the head, the back and the ankle now. Exactly. But, you know, you still got two, you still got two good arms and one good leg. It's all good. I to go. don't want to hurt those two though. <laughs> I don't want you to hurt those either. I'm just saying, you know, there's, there's other options now. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the yeah, I think I think after hearing the story, you did what you had to do. You saved you saved your head, you saved your back. The ankle was a little worse for wear. Um, yeah. Do you have hardware in there now? Yep. How many? It says six screws. Yep, a plate, six screws, and the tightrope. So, and those will never come out unless they start to bother me sometime in the future, and I'm like, I want these out. You read my mind. I was going to say you're ever going to get those yep. out, but. Never mind. You answered my question. Uh, I'm going to light up um, at, you know, any sort of metal detector or other imaging. Mm-hmm. Titanium. So going through airport security will be fun now. The bionic woman. I love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what's the uh, rehab process looking like for you? If you can kind of give uh, the listeners a scope of that, if you kind of know in the in your head or do you have a protocol that you're following right now for your rehab? I don't know that I exactly call it a protocol. Um, It's more of just like an outline of general things that I should be doing. Um, So like right now I can be doing um, active range of motion five to 10 times a day outside of the boot. Um, I can, I'm not allowed to do um, passive range of motion or any sort of hardcore stretching yet because Mm -hmm. at this point I'm still trying to protect um, the surgery, the incision, and the fracture because my bone is still fractured. It's not completely healed yet. So um, what's the what's the timeline on there? What do you think? Probably another two to four weeks. Um, All right, so, so it's coming one, up for you. Right. Yep. Um, so once I hit six weeks, that's I mean six to eight weeks is typically when bones 
um, are healed enough to kind of do more aggressive range of motion and strengthening um, outside of the boot. Um, Mm -hmm. So I will be out of the boot in two weeks. Once I'm at six weeks post-op, I'll have a lace-up ankle brace and then I can start a patient PT. And then I guess I'll just kind of see where it goes from there. Learning to walk again. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Liz. Well, I guess that's, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about? That was kind of the, what we discussed talking about. And I mean, I think it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, being, I'm in California now. If I asked half these people outside how to walk on ice, they'd have no idea, let alone drive in it. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's important to kind of think about when someone goes to a, a climate like that, where, hey, there is black ice, you might not see it, and you might go down. Like, what are you going to do is something you have to think about. Um, right. Any other kind of thoughts you had on any of that? Um, I guess the one thing I would just say is to expect the unexpected. You know, Murphy's Law kind of governs our whole lives. Um, So anything can go wrong at any time. And if you are cocky like I was and think that you're invincible, then something is likely going to go wrong. Um, And that is essentially preventable. So whatever you can do to kind of prevent any sort of situation like that that I was in, like I could have easily just walked on the grass and I would have been fine. So just anything that you can do to try to think ahead and kind of, like I said, expect the unexpected. So if you're like um, doing some sort of activity that might have the outcome of you falling or injuring yourself in some other way, then think about what you can do to try to not let that happen. So how to do it more safely, I guess. I love it. Let's end on there before I mess it up with my, uh, (laughs) my terrible, ending speech or whatever I'd want to do. Um, (laughs) Anything that you want to, you know, tell the listeners, like where to find some of your stuff? Are you doing anything like that right now? Are you just focused on recovering up and just healing and getting back to a normal day-to-day PT job? Yeah, I'm pretty much just focusing on bettering my ankle. (laughs) And I have been doing some online uh, webinars that are um, continuing education and stuff, whatever I can find that's free. Other than that, I'm just focusing on me right now. (laughs) I love it. I love you're not crazy like me trying to do like four different projects at once. I'm getting burned out before, and I decided I don't want to do that again. (laughs) I know. I just want to say before we go, Liz was the person in our class that kept everybody on time. She had this calendar that we all had access to, and she made it so we knew when assignments were due. Um, You personally saved my ass probably like six or seven times. I'll be honest. You're welcome. (laughs) So I really appreciate that because without you, I would have been lost. I'm like, I don't even know what class we're in. Matter of fact, I think I asked you a few times, hey, what class are we going to right now? I have no Mm -hmm. idea what's going on. Yeah, you're not the only one. (laughs) Even after graduation, some people have been like, hey, Liz, what do we need to do for like the boards or like licensure, things like that? I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it just goes to show how much of a leader you are. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you for helping us, you know, pass our classes for sure. Uh, Passing boards, apparently, for some people. Yeah. Uh, And I I appreciate you for coming on the podcast with me and doing this so thank you so much really do appreciate it thanks for having me and thanks for being our lovely class president and taking care of all the drama class prez i don't think anybody who's listening knew that but now they know i was a class president so hey yeah he sure was and he was great i did my best some people hated me some people loved me it kind of you know please everyone so (laughs) all right liz well i appreciate you thank you thank you have a good day